Hello everyone and welcome to the This Game Web podcast with me, Chris, and... Me, Ashley! Hello everybody! Changing up the format, good stuff, Chris. I like that you went for a standard opening, that was... I stole yours. That made... I stole your I know, opening. that's what I mean, yeah. Normally you're like, oh, I'm going to do a pun and disappoint you all, including my parents. Sorry, parents. That's usually what you do for an, en- an opener. And standard. today you just went down the line. Yep. Surprised this me. Took this me is a podcast. Surprise, it was good. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. How are you? And how are you, listeners? How are you, Chris? And how are you, listeners? Reviewers, raters, tell us how you are in those rates and reviews or whatever. Listen to him go straight at the top of the episode, doing all that. You're doing my role, I'm doing your role. Oh, are you? Right, I see. Yeah. Is there anything else I like in the go gaps. for? Is there anything else that you go for? Um, Cribbing all of your notes off Wikipedia? I haven't done that today. Oh. Have you done that again today? Uh... You have, haven't you, bad guy? Well, uh, there's a reason though. I thought isn't you were there? taking a leaf out of my note, out of my book. We're on episode one one zero. We always do multiples yeah. of ten. We do games that we've not played before, and we're doing a game. I'll be honest, I hadn't even heard of. So I've had to do a lot of Wikipedia drink for this. Oh, haven't heard of before when? Before you said let's do this game. Okay, but that was ages ago. You actually, you were the one that suggested doing this one this time, weren't you? No, were I you? wasn't. No. Oh, maybe I've rewritten it in my head. Yeah. Why are we doing it then? Well, that was going to be one of my first questions to you, is why are we doing this? Which, which, yeah, let, let's be honest, it is Bad Mojo, the 1996 PC and Mac adventure game. Yeah, or it's this game where you point and click your way yeah. through the adventure of a cockroach. Well, I, I see this is all falling apart already. I assume we weren't going to do that because, you know, we no. know what we're doing. Listen no, no, I doing. know. But I, I thought, because we normally on our one one zeros, we missed that bit out. But I thought I'd put in oh, some okay. extra effort today and I would give ourselves a little this game where. Thank for you. this game, even though we know what it is and we're not going to guess. It's Bad Mojo. Oh, look, I got it from the... Got in one. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry for talking over that. I just... I got really discompopulated. You talked over what? Did you? You're, I cut yeah. you. All right. I cut you out. Right. Question. It's fine. Why are we doing Bad Mojo? Because it's a point-and-click adventure game about a cockroach that is based on Franz Kafka and David Lynch. That's I mean, why. That sold it to me. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, that's that's first half done. Three minutes, 45 <laughs> seconds. Let's go. No, the, I mean, doesn't that sound like a compelling... We, we you and I are point and click... I, I want to say aficionados, we, but but I should probably really just say we really like point and click adventure games. We, we were brought up on them. They were our bread and butter, uh, certainly in the first forays of PC gaming for me, and I know for you. Yep. This is one that I saw, it re-released in 2004. So initially released spring 1996... It re-released in 2004 as a Redux, and I was 15-ish, or somewhere around there, in 2004. So it was very much on my radar, because it was a it was a genre that I liked, and it was a quite a kooky, obscure take on that genre. You are a cockroach in the game. Do you remember this, this sort of popping up on your radar in 2004, though? Yeah. Yeah, it was very... Wow. It was of interest to me, but I never actually got my hands on it. So it's kind of been on the list really, to return to, even before we started a podcast. Completely new to me. I oh. look, look into it from, from my notes today. I think if I would have seen this back in the day when I was into adventure games, I would have been put off very much by the front cover because the front cover is gross. It's a cockroach face, isn't it? It was a cockroach crawling on an eye. Is it? I thought it was like a cockroach. I can't remember what the cover is. I remember it's like sort of like brownie and bluey. Yeah. Uh, so I presume it's colors. brown it's cockroach really and blue eye. Grimy brown muted colours. It's just, it's not very... Very appetising, very yeah, appealing. They, I've watched the making of 
for Bad Mojo, or part of it at least. Right. In preparation for this. And the colour palette, sort of what as you've just described it, like a, a grotesque, yeah. a grimy sort of colour palette. Their whole approach to the game started as sort of gross out type. They wanted to gross people out, basically. Okay. Uh, that was their aim. And it started out as a gross out humor type game. It was going to be oh, a right. comedy and then actually turned into something a little bit more serious, but still maintained, still retained that gruesome, garish, not garish, that gruesome, dirty, rundown, grimy life of a cockroach sort of aesthetic. So over development, it went from being Farrelly Brothers to David Lynch. Yep. Cool. Yep. That is exactly what happened according to the developers. So again, oh. quite interesting. We also talked before we started recording about the making of documentary that Ashley mentioned. The Redux included extra material such as higher quality video and a making of. And we're not sure if the documentary that Ashley watched on YouTube is the making of that came with the Redux or another making of. We don't know. But sorry, it might be all that in for clarity. I see many. I, I can't I... see that there's many bad mojo making of documentaries floating around. No, the version that I have is the Redux though on Steam. So if if uh, it is the same thing, then I will be able to check potentially Fair if it's got all of that extra stuff. But yeah, it, their mantra became "When in doubt, go strange," which <laughs> cool. I suppose is is uh, where David Lynch comes in and and also Kafka. Are you familiar with any Kafka? Well, I, I know the Metamorphosis as a thing because it's it's yeah. a very famous touchstone. But I've never. I think I did some of it or there was some in, in when i did my theater through a level i think i did part of it or there was something that was influenced by it in a similar way um, but i've not actually read it myself the original okay you okay i yeah i know it i know it and i've seen it on video i haven't seen it uh live i did book i have a lot of guilt about this but i did book a ticket to see it at the lincoln drill hall and it was a free ticket, and I was going to drive and watch it, and then I think something happened on that day that meant that I didn't go. And it wasn't that I couldn't go, it's that I made the choice because I wasn't in the right frame of mind to go and watch a man ride around on the floor and pretend to turn into a cockroach. Did you turn into a cockroach? No, I felt like a cockroach. Right. Which is close enough yeah. uh, for my liking. The 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 play of of the metamorphosis because it started out as a novella uh the play um the performance maybe is a better way of saying it is famously quite intense both for the well i was going to say both for the audience and for the performer it's very very intense for the performer and intense enough for the audience watching that performer because the whole idea is that it's a very it's not physical theater but it is very physical theatre very physical performance and the whole idea is to almost try and force your body into unhuman shapes inhuman shapes and and try and push yourself literally physically out of your comfort zone as a performer yeah i'm I'm, I'm not into that either i'll be honest yeah it it results in quite a lot of contortion and uncomfortable looking positions being taken and um, a lot of silence or a lot of a lot of less than comfortable noises being made uh, at points in the book novella what's the reason what what's the haps why do you turn into a cockroach or is it i don't know allegory? i haven't read what? i haven't read the novella oh it is an allegory yeah for what i can't remember 
Well, I guess that's why Malaga is. Why? Why are you asking me? Why are you asking you, me you, such deep questions? Very knowledgeable about that subject. That's all. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I've watched. I've watched a version of it, and that's it. I haven't. I. I'll be honest. I haven't thought about it that much. But it was. It was interesting. At a very literal level. Oh, a man turns into a cockroach. That's interesting. Yeah, that man's turned into a cockroach. Lot everybody. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> when I was watching it in my living room. What's he doing there then? <laughs> I'm gonna I so here here's me doing a you. Here's me taking on your role for the episode. Great. Yeah. I'm cribbing off Wikipedia because they've got a whole section on interpretation. You are turning to cockroach in a way. What do you mean? I, I was calling myself cockroach. I was trying to be trying to be clever. They didn't oh. land very well. I'm sorry everyone. Okay. I I'm reading it. I'm not going to share it because that's not really what the podcast is about. Well, suffice to say that the idea of playing as a cockroach, turning the player into a cockroach, if you will, um, was I will. inspired by Franz Kafka. Within the game, the cat, there's a cat apparently, is called Franz because it's named after Franz Kafka. And the character you play as is called Roger Sams, which is almost an anagram of Gregor Samsa, who is the main character of the Metamorphosis. I've read that somewhere. Was it Wikipedia? It was Wikipedia, yeah. Well, it was. was. I I won't call you out again. I won't call you out again. We'll we'll just drive through it. Right. It's fine. I'm going to read out the plot of the game, which is also from Wikipedia. Oh. You play as Roger... What am I supposed to do? I don't know the game. Okay, it's fine. You play as Roger Sams, who is an entomologist, planning to embezzle money from a research grant to escape his sordid life above an abandoned bar. However, an accident with his mother's enchanted locket unleashes bad mojo and turns him into a cockroach. Don't just hate it when that mm. happens. Your mother's enchanted locket turns you into cockroach. Always happens to me. Do you know? Because we're sort of talking about all the stuff that's fed into the game. What do you know specifically about... I know that the plot is, is very specifically about the game. I mean, it's about as specific as you get. So uh, that is rendering what I'm saying now pointless. But what else do you know about the game? I know nothing I've... about it at all. I've, I've bought this on huh. Steam. I've... Downloaded it ready to play, but I deliberately haven't looked at any screenshots. I've not watched any videos. I know nothing about mm. the game itself at all, other than that is that it is an adventure slash point and click game. Yeah, so I found out a few bits that have have sort of upped the ante for me. I knew uh, only very surface level stuff, um, and actually I've shared most of what I knew about it before today. One of the things that I found out today, or I think I found out, and we will find out. If that's the, if this is correct or not, uh, when we play. But one of the things that I found out is that the art style actually uh, is photographic. You take they've taken photographs that they've then rendered oh, wow. into the game. They that's started cool. off, yeah. They started off. Um, they started off with art that was pixel art, detailed pixel art, but then found that it was it was taking up far too much room or something like that so they they then started to transition over to these photographs and and rendering their their uh, environments with photographs what's up pixels taking up less room than actual photographs pictures taking up more room than actual photographs i think maybe i've misremembered it right uh what they said but there was there was some kind of transition away from the um hand-drawn stuff to the photographic style, and it was about interesting. I think it was about efficiency, but maybe not. Hmm. the The other thing that I found out is that a lot of the team had a back, had background as filmmakers, so they weren't coming at it necessarily primarily from a game maker's point of view. They were coming at it from a filmmaking point of view, and 
um, one of the things that they did as a result of that background is that instead of, well, I was going to say instead of something, but I don't know what it would be instead of, in order to sort of get a, a cockroach's view of the world, or at least the view that the player would have of the cockroach's world, they would go around with sort of frames. You know, like you know, like you see in um, in some films sometimes, um, people holding their fingers up at 90 degrees with their thumbs and yep. and making like a little box and framing things because they're filmmakers and that's what filmmakers do. Yeah. Well, these, the people that made Bad Mojo, they made some frames and they would go and they would, they would sort of frame a space in, in a real world setting that they wanted to create in the game. Presumably this was before they started taking photographs and they sort of studied that frame and tried to figure out exactly how to make it work in the game. So it might be like a plug socket and the skirting board underneath a plug socket. They would frame that with a with a frame and they would study that visually. And they called that driving the roach because it was like this. Um, it was the idea that you were getting into the ro- the cockroach's frame of mind and view of the world. That is pretty that interesting. Sense. Yeah, yeah, it does it. And it genuinely sounds like they've come at it from that filmmaker's point of view. Yeah. Yeah. I like cool. the term driving the roach. Yeah. It also sounds a little bit drug yeah, paraphernalia related as well. As well yeah, which when you when you're trying to get into the mind of a cockroach, maybe getting familiar with a roach would help. Maybe. Maybe. Well, it actually seems like a good point there to jump into me. My, my notes on the actual company who made the game, Pulse Entertainment. There is very little about this company on the internet itself. Um, I found out they were founded in 1994 in California and initially were primarily for animation tools and tech development. Then in 1995, they merged with a company called Drew Pictures, which had been founded by someone called Drew Hoffman, who had founded this company basically in his house, working with four other people. And they had pretty much finished Bad Mojo at that point. So Mm. They they would be the filmmakers you've just been talking about. Mm. And by the time they then merged with Pulse Entertainment, it then became a Pulse Entertainment joint, as it were. And that was when the game came out, Bad Mojo, was printed by Pulse Entertainment. Okay. Effect- effectively, it had been done by Drew Pictures, the, the oh, company that had been subsumed. That. Um, then Pulse Entertainment became... Uh, they moved out of the video game industry in November 1997. They became a supplier of, quote, this quote from Moby Games custom solutions and services tools and technology which sounds like one of those really vague terms that yeah companies for might sex use. marketing or something sex, sex toys and such yeah sex it, games i don't know it sounds really vague and unclear it, it made me think yeah it, it may feel very suspicious uh, yeah but that, they were but making that, sex sex games weren't yeah, they let, let's something go for like it. sex games all the sex games yeah, well actually possibly because of that merge, uh, because of that rebranding, sorry, this that meant that Bad Mojo was actually the only game Pulse Entertainment had ever released. Yeah, I found that out as well. But then they did the Redux in 2004, at least as far as I can see, they were credited with that. Yeah, but is, is that a new game? No, but it's interesting that they um, they made one game, they banged out, they came back to, to nearly 10 years later re-master. to re-release the game. Yeah. I found that interesting. And if they were, whatever they were doing, I can imagine them, you know, like selling printer toner cartridges or something. And that's, it was something quite boring and office related like that. And yeah. then, and then going, hey, uh, you remember the good old days when we used to make a game? <laughs> should we, should we give that another go? Yeah, all right. 
what sh- what should we make though? Should we? Uh, how about uh, we just we just make the same game again? You know, they might actually be the the forefathers of the old remaster. Possibly that has uh, has taken hold of the whole industry. So Maybe the they Paul, started here. It started with Pulse Entertainment. There you go. You heard it here first. Yeah, it could it could well have done. A, a few other facts I found out then. It was nominated as 1996's Best Adventure Game by Inside Mac, but the game Titanic Adventure Out of Time won. Oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. surprised. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they released at the same time. It passed me by in 96, so I wasn't current with it at all. It was very much the 2004 version that I was lusting after. Not even lusting after, just quite interested in. And by February 1997, it had sold 175,000 copies. That's not bad. No, not bad. Good on Great. Not bad. Yeah, it's just interesting then as a result of selling that many copies that they didn't try again. Yeah. That's not that's not failure, is it? No. By any stretch, really. You got any other sort of cuz I I would say they're para uh they're parallel to the game. Those facts, they're sort of about the game but not about the game. I've got another couple of little uh tidbits which probably yeah. makes sense to go for before we wrap up and to play the game. Apparently, there are four different endings and how you play the game, what you do in the game, and in the final sequence, your reaction times dictate what ending you unlock. Yeah. The game takes between three to five hours to complete, however, so I doubt we'll probably get towards that, that bit no. of the game uh, in our playthrough today. On Wikipedia as well, there's also a whole section about different animals that were provided for the development mm. team. I didn't look into that too much because I didn't want to spoil the game for myself massively, but I was yeah. a, a bit perturbed as to what they were doing with these animals. But I'm guessing from what you've said, it would have been photographs for scanning into the game. I don't know, but there are other animals that you can interact with. So like uh, various different insects. I know that there are ants and I think there might be snails. And that I think as well, based on, you know, like you, you've detailed the fact that it's got this supernatural element to it. Well, from what I have gathered, those animals have information that they can imbue your character with by supernatural means. So you can't, you can't, well, I don't even know. No, can snails talk to cockroaches? I don't know. I really don't know. Can snails talk to anything? I don't know. That's the question. I imagine they can talk in some way to... Depends what you mean by talk, I guess. But they can talk to snails. They can communicate with snails. Snails can communicate with snails. But I'm getting, I'm getting bogged down in a, in a thing that isn't necessarily the important thing. Um, but basically, yeah, you, you come across other insects and other small animals, I, I think, um, that you can communicate with and they can give you help with the game. Okay. I've got some other bits that I haven't been able to tell you. Can I... Go. Have you got anything else? Fire. Okay. So um, I've told you that the game started off as sort of a comedy and transitioned to a sort of uh, a bit of a psychological horror-y type um, affair, sort of. Um, it also started, it also went through uh, a time where it was a lot more resource management heavy and you had health meters and you had an inventory and um, you had also cockroach breeding. Like you could actually... Um, have a little cockroach family in the game. Wow. It, it it by all accounts was quite laden with mechanics, and they stripped all that right out before it got to the uh, release stage. and And now it's a fairly pure, good on them, point and click adventure 
puzzle-driven game. According to the developers, those puzzles take on the form sometimes of a sort of Rube Goldberg machine type affairs, whereby... So I should tell you this, the game is set, the game is split into uh, sort of areas and the the development team referred to these areas as islands of activity. They originally want the game... God, I'm having to sort of hit a few things to, to actually make this make sense. So I'll, I'll go back to the beginning. The game is set in a San Francisco bar. It's a dive bar. Yep. So everything's a bit grimy and all that. And originally the team wanted to recreate a faithful recreation of the bar and what that meant was to get from one point of interest to another, you would actually have to reverse a quite vast space of emptiness. So instead, once they realized how boring it was to, to walk across a, a, a very desolate bar floor, they then transitioned to this idea of having islands of activity in their words. And that, I think, is quite a good term to explain how they were thinking about the game, because really what they wanted to do, and this is a get, this is sort of a filmic approach as well, what they wanted to do was cut the fluff. They wanted to get in late and leave early in, mm -hmm. in game terms. So they, they then, like most, um, like most point and clicks, they would have scenes and that would be one island, and that uh, that scene might have a little puzzle in it or some kind of um, character interaction or something like that, a, a point of interest it was. That was one island. And then somewhere else in the bar would be another island with a similarly a similar point, like some, some point of interest. And instead of having to travel across the entire bar to get there, it would just, you'd go uh, frame one, one, one frame here, like a connecting frame, frame three and the puzzles that have this rube goldberg sort of um build to them design to them you might do something in this island of activity over here you might activate something over here and that will have an effect on an island of activity somewhere else in the bar and through through sort of action uh, reactions to your action Clever. so i i quite like the idea of that that you yeah. will do something in one place and then off screen somewhere else that will it that will change something i like the idea of that making it seem like everything's interrelated and also makes yeah. the space you're in feel like an actual space it's it's not five separate desolate areas they're actually linked because they all take place within the same bar i like the sound of that as well yeah last thing then before we jump in um do you know why it's about a cockroach did you find that out at all? Metamorphosis, isn't it? They wanted a, a character that, that that could be small. And they wanted to... It's sort of like a lemmings uh, reason. Because the whole reason that the lemmings are the way that they are is because they only had a very finite amount of animation that they could do with right. the technology that they had. And here, it was the same thing. Because the they were modelling much more complicated characters and running into limitations on the hardware that they were working on so they then started to they went back to the drawing board and they thought how can we how can we effectively render something much smaller um and they came up with this concept of being an insect and then started running with that so the whole game pretty much the whole game came out of technical limitations which wow. again i find quite interesting Surely the and, whole game, the plot of it is that he turns into a cockroach. So did they make the game the cockroach and then they then bolted the plot on afterwards? I think that must have been uh, part of the approach, yeah. Hmm. It was interesting as well. Mm. Yeah. Cockroach because it wasn't even later. necessarily a cockroach 
in the first place. Like it, they, I, it, from the sound of it, the way they talk about it, they went through a few different uh, considerations before they actually landed on cockroaches. Creativity is not a linear process. There you go. Right. Well, I'm uh, champing a bit to see what uh, all the fuss is about. Yeah, let's go. baby dr evil's got my mojo what i googled during during, while we're after playing that that mojo austin powers i I thought yeah what's the thing with austin powers so i've uh so this was pre austin powers and this the idea of mojo pre-existed austin powers yeah i know i feel like that is perhaps one of your biggest stretches ever i'm surprised you haven't strained yourself I didn't even lean into the impression to actually do an Austin Powers impression either. I just just no. Said I know the word. you just shook your head in a strange way and gyrated at you. Yeah, is that how you feel? How you make you feel? Is that how you make yourself look groovy? Yeah, baby. making that motion with your baby. head. There you go. That's my best Austin oh, Powers dear. impression. No, I don't like it. I wish. I wish we we need to bail. Well, we're that's... supposed to be talking about cockroaches, okay. and you've come in with Austin Powers. Well, I'm trying to elevate my mood because that game's made me feel icky. Icky just because it's about cockroaches or icky because you didn't enjoy it? A bit of both, if I'm quite honest. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point. You're supposed to be quite honest. Yeah. There's no point in coming on in line, is there? Well, and also, going back to what you said in the first half, actually, that being the design of the game that they wanted you to feel that way after playing it, well, mission success. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what I think about it. In a lot of ways, so there, there yeah. Was... Do you want to do you want to tell me what what's going on? Why you didn't necessarily enjoy yourself, or well, or why you didn't like it? I think I feel a bit like you that there are some things I like about it, but there's a lot about it that's just made me go, Ugh. or things I actually okay. didn't like about it. So I'm quite, so... I'm quite sort of, I've got lots of things going around my head as we go into this second half. Um, c- categorically. Categorically, I will not play this game again. I've already uninstalled it. So that speaks volumes, <laughs> I think. Right, okay. I think that it's an it's a I mean killing it with faint praise. I think this is an interesting game. Hmm. And I think for the same for the reasons that I expected it to be, it's a an adventure game. I think it still is an adventure game, even though it distinctly lacks the point and clickiness. Of it, which we noted, I thought it was a point and click, and it it's actually the the controls for this game are just the four arrow keys or the WASD keys, whichever one you prefer to use, and then you have to interact with the environment or the world, the the items that you can interact with as a cockroach. For um, example, there was just a by sort of trying to get you quite them. early on, and you had to push a cigarette butt that had been lit that was near, or was still lit that was near the spider. You had to turn the cigarette butt in order so that when the spider tried to attack you, it would get the cigarette butt and kill yeah. itself, set itself on fire. We we had to look at the control scheme to sort of check. You know, is there anything we're missing? Is it is really there, just these controls? Is, <laughs> is it just WASD? And yes, yes, it was. Yeah, which is interesting again. And I mean that in the best sense mm. of the word. It also um, just to boil down 
Mm. You also control using tank controls. Which again, yeah, which I was very dubious about immediately, and then quickly realised completely fit with mm. being a cockroach. They they've really captured the skittery uh, movement style of a co- movement style, like they've chosen it uh, of a cockroach. They, it really did feel like I was a cockroach. Well, not that I was a cockroach, but I'll come back to that. Like there was a cockroach moving across, uh, moving through a space. Mm. Scuttling around. Uh, a domestic space, yes, yeah, scuttling about, yeah, exactly. And that is largely to do with the way that I think they've uh, they've designed the character of the cockroach. I think also the environments, I really liked the exploration side of it. You said at one point, rather than it being an adventure game, it always felt like a walking simulator, which I, I think it is as well. And I quite enjoyed exploring the area because as a cockroach, you can crawl there was a bed, for example. I crawled up the, the leg of the bed and found myself on the top of it. And then you can then crawl down the side of the bed and then the underside of the bed as well. And that really gave me a sense of, again, like Ashley said, feeling like a cockroach. But also opens up a lot within this very enclosed space because you can explore it in three dimensions almost. Yeah, you can. In it was It was quite a strange feeling when I first went from being on the floor to just transitioning to walking up a wall i like a i can't think of another game i can think of lots of games that have allowed you to walk up walls and whatnot but i can't think of another game that's given me a weird feeling when i when i move from the floor to the wall like Mm. this one has it was quite strange and it happened a couple of times and the bed was actually another one of those moments where i um was going round the bed so i was on top of the bed where a person might sleep but then i went along the side of the bed and i traveled uh, along that side of the bed and then ended up on the bottom of the bed and there was the the lattice work of metal that that held the mattress in place um and i got kind of lost on a mattress i ended up finding myself at the head of the bed on on a very dismal looking pillow that was all ripped and mm, festering it was pretty grim but again like there was a sense of scale to that that i didn't expect them to necessarily pay attention to given that i was talking to you about islands of activity and that it sounded like they'd cut out a lot of the empty space in order to um in order to truncate the experience so you weren't walking around in in empty in empty dirt sort of deserts Mm -hmm. of of no uh content however I think there was stuff going on in those in uh, sort of along that bed. The the bed was interesting visually anyway, but uh, so they they so I see what they've done there. But but there was also like enough space to get lost in, which I just wasn't expecting. Also during those exploration elements, I mean the, the bed itself is a good example. You know, seeing this pillow, it's all like you say, it's all got tears in it. Doesn't doesn't look very well cared for, and then that gives you a sense of the character of who he was before he became a cockroach but also as you're exploring around this area you see a newspaper and the newspaper gives you sort of backstories to what's actually happened to mm. his character because it's on the it, his front page news about what he's going to be doing with this research grant he's been given and then a bit further on there's a, a cigar case and when you crawl over it it triggers a cutscene to show that this man who's become a cockroach was married and what happened to him and his wife and it gives you these these elements of, of backstory exposition but done in a really good way and I, I really enjoyed that and actually I, for me that was the thing i enjoyed the most was just exploring and finding out about the character more so than the actual game itself yeah there was that's why i said it, the the environmental storytelling 
was the thing that made me that gave me like really strong vibes of what what people call walking simulators mm-hmm. the and and it was a very strong element of the game i don't think it was tangential to the game i think that was like a prime part of the experience that that probably was designed in fact was almost certainly designed in to the experience so to say that's that's what i liked more than the game kind of doesn't make sense to okay. me um just just because i think that is the game yeah okay it's a, let me explain myself a bit better that's the bit i liked more than what i was supposed to be doing the actual the environmental um ob- obstacles you know um the, the bit i got to i was supposed to be turning a, a vacuum cleaner off in order to get past it so i could get to the next area but i wasn't really interested in solving that puzzle i just wanted to explore and see what i could find out around the area does that make a bit more sense it does make sense. So you're saying that you think that the primary motivator in this game for the player, that the the design brief would have said that it was to solve the puzzles. And I think so, yeah. I, yeah, and I think that that is certainly where I thought we were going to be focusing, that it was going to be these. Because, um, I, I, again, I set us up to expect that because I said that there's these Rube Goldberg-esque uh, puzzles that span multiple threat, multiple screens. Uh, um, so I was going into it with that as well. But what I actually got was this experience of being a cockroach, which yeah. I didn't like. I, I I am honestly, I probably sound a little bit sort of flabbergasted or stuck for words, maybe. And it's because of just how sideswiped I've been by feeling like a cockroach, or not necessarily feeling like a cockroach, feeling like a person who is at once in control of a cockroach on a screen, um, invested in being the cockroach or, or controlling that cockroach, but at the same time being more interested in the things that the cockroach was crawling over. Mm-hmm. So there was, I, I had a, I had quite a strange... N- a strange moment with it where I I crawled into a suitcase and the suitcase was full of documentation, including um, some medals and a, a death certificate, I believe, for the man's wife. Yes. And I was controlling this cockroach, crawling along these documents. And I was also trying to read the documents at the same time and i was more interested in the documents than i was what the cockroach was doing at that point but i also felt like there was a certain amount of and i mean that i I also felt like there was a certain amount of need to keep the cockroach moving which was an interesting sort of psychological weird i'm not doing it justice right so i i crawled into this i crawled into this suitcase and there was all this documentation that was dealing with very heady issues such as the death of a man's wife in her it during childbirth and there was also a purple heart which is given for valor which presumably are our main character who's now a cockroach presumably that is his heart, uh, purple heart so there's the there's the detritus of two lives and the end of one and you are what we commonly regard as the lowest of the low or one of the lowest of the low in terms of life forms on this planet. And you are absentmindedly walking a lot across these things that are so weighty. There's um, 
yeah, they're, they, they're these things that represent major moments in people's, in two people's lives, including, as I say, the, the end, which is possibly the most, the, the, the weightiest moment of anybody's life. Um, and, and you are this cockroach just going about its day. I, I don't know if I'm, I really don't know if I'm doing justice to, you to like the, the different themes. You want to say high and low, don't you? You want no, to go no, no. high and low, high and low. <laughs> you talk about the different themes and the fact that it, it's got this, the cockroach part of it alongside the actual plot. It, it's really, and, and the depth that kind of brings to the game. It makes me feel very trite for starting off with a Austin Powers reference, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It, it's... The game is a cockroach. You are a cockroach, or you're a man that's been turned into a cockroach. And there, there are two levels I think that this game is trying to work on. And one is that there's this story being told of a man that's been turned into a cockroach, and he has he had a life that pre pre existed the events of this game. And those those uh, that life was from by all accounts, from what I've experienced of it, quite a sad life in that a lot of difficult horrible things happened to him and around him and and to the people he loved as well um so you there's all of that storytelling happening but at the same time the cockroach doesn't feel like a man embodied in a cockroach it feels like a cockroach mm. so when you are exploring these these places and more importantly when you are when you're coming across these things that represent these pivotal moments in his life it feels like a cockroach is just going about its day that cockroach isn't stopping and reading those document documents and finding out about the life of a man who has had a difficult time the player is doing that so so it kind of feels like those moments they highlight the disconnect between the game and the player and the player is the one that's invested and interested in the um, the, the storytelling the cockroach isn't the cockroach is just going about its aimless wa- yeah. walk you know it's ambling around it feels I tried to say this or part of this to you in the game. It feels both like the cockroach has got a motivation, but they also lacks motivation completely. It's it's really just walking from A to nowhere. There is no A to B for a cockroach. The cockroach just goes about its mo its its moment to moment life. It, and, it exists, and the puzzles you're solving are just to enable it to survive for longer. It's not because it's actively trying to, to to do anything it's just trying to survive i think that i um maybe i think i'm having an existential moment <laughs> which well, is it which is game huh it suits you know doing this having yeah this is this what game. so so you, i think you're trying to drag me back to talking about the mechanics of the game and what i'm really trying to say is that this game for me it kind of feels like it's it's dealt with whether it's done it on purpose or not but it's dealing with something um more philosophical than solving puzzles because that is what i was expecting i was expecting an adventure game where we we click on things and they they have an effect on other things and we talk to a cockroach and that cockroach um tell, gives us a pertinent piece of information to solve a puzzle or something like that and that kind of was happening but but more interestingly was all this stuff about uh, all this environmental storytelling that happened in the background while a cockroach lived its life 
And I think that that is the more important part. Uh, sorry, that is the more interesting part of this game. The juxtaposition of a man, of the detritus of a man's life and a cockroach living its life. Right, man, keep it, it light. And right. across it. I, I am actually quite, I'm quite taken with it in a strange way. I don't necessarily enjoy it. I haven't really enjoyed the game, but I think that it's it, it's possibly much more than the sum of its parts, mm. and it's really got me thinking. I think your point there about the the man and his backstory, I really enjoyed finding out about him, and also the the, the intro FMV sequence. Whoever it was who was acting out as him was really channeling some major Jim Carrey vibes, like gurning and his physicality. I, I really enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, we'll move. We'll move maybe a little bit more. Uh, uh, we'll we'll move a little bit beyond where I am because I I it's probably coming across. I don't know what I think about what I've been trying to detail. There are some very concrete things that I both appreciate appreciated and didn't appreciate it. Didn't appreciate one of the things that I did appreciate were these quite bombastic cutscenes. It kind of took me back to Resident Evil where. There was an element of um, intentional ham. It was very big cheese, cheese and ham. It exactly, yeah. And I quite enjoyed that. So there's there's a thing in uh, in film making. There's a there's sort of a subgenre of Australian cinema called Australian Gothic. And in Australian Gothic, everybody, all, all the characters are sort of um, bit a bit grimy, a little bit horrific and they're 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 both grotesque and normal all at the same time examples and brain dead is one good example the cars that ate paris is another one peter weir was involved with peter weir made cars that ate paris he also made a picnic at hanging rock and uh master commander that was his big uh that was his big hollywood film but obviously that's not part of the australian gothic but anyway you don't really need to know that stuff to to understand what the Australian Gothic was doing. It was taking normal people, and it was it was introducing an element of grotesquery to their lives. Um, and it, everything was shot to make these normalish looking people look like grotesques. And it feels like this game has done that as well. Like the the setting is is very um, gothic in its way. Yep. And the the characters and the way that they've been directed in these cutscenes that that feels quite um sort of us in line with Australian Gothic. They they are purposefully heightened, and they're purposefully they they are they they wear gurning expressions. Nothing is nothing is delivered in a normal way. Everything yep. is at a at a absolute fever pitch of I think, emotion. I think going into it though. You've got this game where you know what's going to happen. I don't think anyone's playing this game and not knowing what will happen to the main character in the game. So you kind of you're going into it knowing that it's quite unusual and quite abstract anyway. And I think yeah, the, those cutscenes and the actors really lean into that. And I, as, as I said, I really liked it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Although they were all horrible. None of them were very likable. Or neither of them. Nope. Let's just say the the two that we met. In yeah, there were the two, weren't there? Yeah, they weren't. No. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, in keeping with that, or, or or sort of elaborating on the theme of of how things were looking, and and uh, uh but moving away from the actors uh, and the cutscenes, the 
the presentation of this game is very, very good. I thought the way the environments are presented was really, really accomplished. And I wasn't actually expecting it to be that way. I wasn't expecting it to be quite as um, affecting. Do you mean the framing of it, like you talked about in the first half? I don't even mean that. I just mean like even the like when you're on an empty piece of floor, that floor just felt quite richly textured mm-hmm. and and well well constructed. The 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 sticky things look sticky, and the the gruesome buggy things looked very buggy. And there was the moment that we both will have experienced where we get sucked into the mind of a of a cockroach and you go in through the eye. It kind of reminded me actually of the uh, Mario Odyssey transitions <laughs> yeah. into the minds of of the of the characters in Mario Odyssey, uh, except this was through a through the eye of an a real life cockroach, which felt yeah, it felt yeah. They went to great pains to make everything dirty and dingy, and it felt like if you touched anything, you'd come away with some kind of horrible mark or possibly disease. And I think that there was no moment in the game where I thought, where, where I wasn't completely and wholly convinced by by the environment that I was in. I guess you're right, actually, having said that, listened to you say that, that probably contributes towards why I felt quite icky going into this, this mm. second half. It just, it it didn't fill me with uh, whatever positivity, I suppose. Just, it, yeah. just, it, wasn't, it wasn't a nice, pleasant place to explore. No. It was done very effectively. There's a game called Chibi Robo, which you've probably heard of. Yeah. And you go around a similarly domestic environment. You're in a family home. But even though you are a cleaning robot who's supposed to go around cleaning, there's not all that much that needs cleaning in Chibi Robo's household. They definitely need a Chibi Robo in in this San Francisco bar. Like they need a few. They need a team of Chibi Robos because this place well. is disgusting. So they've been there for quite a while as well. You know that there's, they, there's table services with spilt glue and spilt paint and sticky things on the floor and yeah, they'd be there forever. Yeah, it was it was grim, and and I I think they did something well to make it feel quite as grim as it did. Yeah. There were cockroaches everywhere, and there were the spiders. The spiders are there. The spiders look icky. Yeah, well that that leads in grim. nicely actually to the last kind of point I want to make is how hard I felt it was. That I found it quite. Um, we, we talked about the tank controls, which which I do think were really good, but they also made it quite fiddly to do some of the puzzles. And there was a live system; we had four lives, but that wasn't really mm. explained to the player until you ran out of all four, then reset the game back at the start. Uh, there was the game; it felt like the game was working against you to rather than for you. And uh, again, that maybe contributed towards why I, I, I've not got particularly great feelings towards it. Hmm. There are there are choices that I think when they revis- revisited the game in two thousand and four they possibly could have approached differently, and I think the life system is a very strange one, especially given that when you lose all of your lives, even if you haven't saved the game, when you lose all of your lives, there's a persistence to the solutions to the puzzles, uh, and I've put those in air quotes, and we'll come back to those air quotes in a moment, but. The, the solutions to those puzzles are already complete. So you don't have to save the game for it to retain your progress in some ways. But at the same time, it takes you physically back to the beginning of the game. And then you have to 
traipse through all of those environments that you've already navigated and solved the puzzles in. I think in 2004, there were enough, there was quite an, a dramatic number of improvements to game design that they didn't necessarily then look at and implement in this Redux version. And they should have. They they should have done away with the life system. I think that they, there was enough um, evidence, even even in 2004, that life systems weren't the perfect way for most games to to work. Have you ever played um, an adventure game with a life system, out of curiosity? No, I don't think I have. No, no. I've, I've played games where you can die, but... Um, possibly that then so I, I know just anecdotally that the first Monkey Island game when you go to Monkey Island itself there's a bit where you can fall off a cliff and then he goes onto the rubber tree and bounces back up again yeah bit I mean yeah I do and it's a it's a comment on the fact you can die in some adventure games and it feels yeah. very unfair precisely now I yeah. I've never played an adventure game where you can die this is I think probably the first game where I'm like I in Broken Sword thinking about it um, I don't think you can die in Broken Sword but it, that was a fairly that was modern I suppose. sorry that was after Monkey Island I suppose anyway that was mid 90s it was after Monkey Island yeah it was a fairly modern take on even it, like it was fairly late in the game yeah. Broken Sword well, came into the, the point I'm making is that I don't think at the same point that Monkey Island made, as I don't think adventure games, point of the games, really need live systems. It just doesn't feel like necessary. There, so Batman Arkham Asylum has every time you die by the hands of a different villain, there's a cutscene that is unique to dying by the hands of that villain. So if Poison Ivy kills you, you get a new cutscene. If Killer Croc kills you, then you get a new cutscene. If the Joker kills you, you get a new cutscene. Um, and I like that idea of... So there, we, we're used to the idea of multiple endings, and I think that multiple literal endings, uh, the deaths of your character, I think that's a nice little novelty to have. Like, collecting deaths is, is, a, nice, is, a, is a nice spin on things um and i think that actually adventure games are a are a ripe ground for that like um they're fertile ground for that there's lots of ways that you might dispatch a character in the process of an indiana jones style adventure so i wouldn't be averse to death in adventure games in principle okay um i think that as as long as you as long as you deal with it in the right way and you don't punish the player overly much for dying, it, it should feel like a reward, like a secret Easter egg type thing that you found rather than, oh, you failed there. Mm -hmm. I'd like it. I, yeah, I'd like it to be like, co yeah, collecting deaths. How many different ways can you dispatch this character? How smart can you kill this person? <laughs> Basically. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not averse to that. I, I can't remember what else we were saying. You don't really want. You don't really want deaths in your adventure games. Yep. I don't really mind. That's that. I don't think that deaths in this were well managed anyway, so it's neither here nor there whether they should be in adventure games in general because here they weren't very well dealt with and they didn't fix that when they revisited it in 2004. So I'd say that pulls entertainment. Well, they don't exist anymore, not in a not in a game sense, do they? So, Oh, puzzles, yeah. So I, I put puzzles in air quotes. That's because I didn't really feel like I came across puzzles I felt like I was, and I don't necessarily think that it's a bad thing, I felt like I was in a walking simulator for the majority of this experience. Um, 
I think I found suggestions of puzzles. So I found on the on a wall, I found a fuse box that had a 30 fuse, a 30 fuse and a 20 fuse. And then up at the top of the fuse box were some dials. So I assume at some point I was going to do some kind of mathematical balancing of the dials using the fuses, activating the fuses or something like that. Uh, similarly, there was the hoover that we both came to on, on the top of a, a table top on the top of a tabletop what excellent english i've got um there was the the hoover puzzle that i again air quoted because you could either find a way to turn the hoover off or you'll be sucked up by the hoover and uh deposited in the middle of the floor of the room that you're in either or would work like it didn't really matter which one you went to there was no real benefit i don't think of of actually of of disabling the hoover because i traced the path back unintentionally i traced the path back to the hoover by the path that you would have taken if you'd been able to disable the hoover it's and there is it was possibly a shortcut so i, I once i it's quit the game not a shortcut it was short to do the other way i think so yeah because it, it when you when you pass by where you'd normally get sucked in by the Hoover, um, you end up in a in a rubbish in a, in a bin, and you follow these like electrical cables that have been cut off and put in the bin, and you end up then on a uh, a shelf with lots of paint, like a little paint maze. You pass through the uh, shelf to get onto the other side of the shelf you follow the shelf along you you go along something else that then leads you to the fuse box you go from the fuse box down a mop handle okay so that's the path that you follow it's quite a long path if you get chucked by the hoover onto the floor your next um your next stop is supposed to be the cigar box and the cigar box is about three three shirt is about three screens down and one screen to the left, to the right. So it's a lot quicker to get to the scar box if you actually get sucked up by the Hoover. Fair enough. What you don't get is the, again, environmental storytelling that is in the bin. You have to sort of backtrack to get the environmental storytelling of the bin. There are bills in there and so much. The point I was going to uh, say and was so that um, I looked at a video on YouTube, a playthrough of the game, on um, how long to beat it. it. says this takes between three to five hours. The YouTube video was one and a half hours. And they, they did disable the, the vacuum cleaner and go across through the bin, etc. So I'm guessing right. that's what you were supposed to do in order to complete the game quicker. But as you said, you then avoid or miss that environmental storytelling, which is crucial to kind of understanding mm. what's going on. And I think that, you know, there's, you know, there's some enjoyment to be had in completing the game quickly. At least where I am with it right now, I think it maybe misses the meat of the experience because the environmental storytelling is where I was getting most of my engagement and enjoyment, if you can Definitely. call it that. The story wasn't a happy one, so it's hard to... I mean, I, I, th- I think it was an enjoyable thing in its way. So yeah. overall then, what are you saying about this game? Do you recommend it or, or not? I, I'll be honest, I have I have I haven't been flummoxed by a game quite so much as this, I think, in the whole time we've been doing the podcast. Oh. Because it's just left me it's left me thinking about <laughs> it's 
it's left me thinking about the nature of life. Wow. In a way that I, w- I just wasn't expecting. I know. I know Certainly not something yeah. that you'd expect from like a Rollo Rescue type episode. Absolutely not. No, that left me contemplating a lot of things, but it wasn't <laughs> the nature of life. Yeah, no, it, it's... Um, whether, again, whether it was intentional or not, it's left me thinking about life and death and um, the <laughs> the futility of it all, frankly. It, you know, it all sounds very stu- like trite students on a Saturday night after a few beers or whatever. Um, I know it does, but it genuinely has left me there. So, yeah, I think oh. there's some value in that. What a way to end. Uh, what about you? You, oh. you don't like it. You're never going to go back I'm, to it, even though I've said to you what I've said to you. So. I'm, there are positives to this game, certainly. But for me, mm. they're outweighed by the negatives. Okay. Um, if you are curious in giving it a go yourself, it is currently £4.79 at the time of recording on Steam, but it has been as little as 47p. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been around for a long time. True. Not every experience has to be a happy one for it to be satisfying and worthwhile. That's that's what I will say as a last as a last little nugget. This might not be a happy or or enjoyable experience, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's not worthwhile. Fair enough. Mm. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, wrap um, it, Chris. Pardon. Wrap it, Chris. Wrap it up. Oh, okay. you took the wind out of myself. Well, why don't, why don't you uh, end as you started and do my shtick? I don't want to be you anymore. You've been a cockroach. You don't want to be me anymore. Fair enough. Okay. Well, next week we're back to normal. So episode 111, all the ones. It's going to be one of my games. Yep. Exciting times. I don't know which game it's going to be yet, so I'll have a think between now and, and recording, obviously. Okay, um, good. Obviously, um... Come and join us as well on all the social medias. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And remember to like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you, please. Yes, please. And and tell us how you are in the rates and yes, reviews absolutely. if you have the fa- facility. We'd like to know. We'd like to know. Okay, thank you ever so much for enjoying us and for sticking to the end of the episode. We will see you next week. Bye. Toodaloo.